These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm -hmm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that they're, they just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to the Open Journal Podcast. I hope you're well. hope things are good for you this week. Welcome back to the podcast. This is the first kind of proper episode back since parental leave. We had the International Podcast Day episode a couple of weeks ago, but this is the first one back. So I hope everyone has had a good... How long has it been? A month? A couple of months? Um, yeah. It's really nice to be back. Recording takes a little bit more effort now and a bit more time to organise, uh, but parenting is lovely. And something for another episode. This is the first episode back with a guest. I'm delighted to say Sam is with us today. Sam is a publishing entrepreneur, uh, author and just amazing person. Really interesting to sit down and chat with Sam and hear her share some of her experience her insights and also her expertise around publishing authoring and kind of story sharing in general i really hope you enjoy this episode and uh, a big thank you to sam for coming on and, and sharing her lived experience expertise and insights as well i'm really delighted to share this episode and this conversation with you i hope you enjoy hearing those insights as always, if you're interested in being a guest yourself in the future, you can look at the website, which is openjournalbc.com and find information there. And if you enjoy this episode, please do leave a review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help other people discover this podcast and so the conversations, stories and signposting that happen here as well. Thank you so much for continuing to support the podcast and the amazing guests that come on. And again, thank you to Sam for sharing. Here's our conversation. Sam, it's lovely to be sat down and talking to you this evening. Um, how are you? How's your week been? Um, well, it's been pretty good. Yeah, I had a, a really adventurous weekend and um, busy start to the, the week in work. So, yeah, it's all good. It's a nice kind of autumn time, I feel like, at the moment. I was a little bit worried we were just going to drop straight from summer into winter. But there yeah. does feel like this this changeable weather and... I don't know, this this feels like a year when it's actually noticeable in my well-being, like how I am in a different season. Um, yeah. But you're doing okay at the moment, you're feeling good. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing good. Ace, that's really good to hear. Um, so obviously we're going to sit down and talk a little bit about you and some of the things that have been going on 
um, for you over the last couple of years with some of your authoring and book projects that we're going to hear about. Um, but there might be some people listening that maybe don't know as much about you. So it'd be really interesting if you're able to introduce yourself to some of the people that are listening that maybe don't know Sam yet. Yeah, not a, not a problem. So my name is Sam Pierce. I'm an author and the founder of Swap Books. I'm a self-publishing consultant. So I help people to publish their own books under their own control, their own ownership, um, and basically be able to get their own personal story out into the world how they want them to share it. It feels like a really empowering thing. And I think particularly for people maybe within this area of the community that are experiencing or have experienced kind of mental health or well-being related struggles or lived experiences that ownership I guess over your own story feels like it's maybe an area where that's quite a big thing than it might be in other fields I don't know if I'm making a generalization in saying that but is is that something you kind of come across as you've started that journey yeah most definitely um you know and it's something that i see on a, a regular basis with a lot of my clients who are writing biographies or you know just personal pieces um and i definitely found it with my own biography and as well um being able to tell your own story in your own words um i, I found really really therapeutic very cathartic I mean, it allowed me to come to terms with an, a lot of things that I thought I had dealt with. Um, but, uh, you know, there are obviously, you know, little bits that, that still kind of hang around the edges and being able to get it down in a concrete way kind of allowed me to say, OK, that's now done. I can let go of it now because it's not just my story to hold on to anymore. I've shared it with however many people decide to, to read the book. And, you know, it's, it allows me to say, okay, I experienced it, I learned from it. Hopefully now somebody else can learn from it. Um, and, you know, it's, in, it's allowed me to, to really put to bed a lot of, um, a lot of the, the, the trauma that I was hanging on to subconsciously. You know, thank you for sharing that. It's really interesting, I think, to hear someone talk about that process as well of your own recovery alongside being able to share that and have um, not necessarily an end point, maybe that's the wrong phrasing, but a, a point of progression um, in terms of that recovery or that lived experience. Yeah, I, I certainly wouldn't, wouldn't call it an end point. I'm, I personally kind of viewed it as a transition point. It's, you know, then the... The dark part of my life was, you know, it was done. I, I you know, came, came to terms with it. I came out the, the other side a healthier and stronger person than when I went in. Um, but it, there, there was still bits, you know, still, you know, kind of lingering around that um, you just don't really think about on a, a regular basis. But putting your story down into a book, even though it can potentially open you up to having to relive, um, you know, past experiences, which is something I'm, I was concerned about when I started the project. When, when I decided that I was going to write my story, I, it was something that did niggle in the back of my mind. I, um, you know, I spoke to my husband and my parents and I said, look, this is what I'm planning on doing. I, you know, I haven't had 
you know, any, any you know, nightmares or, or anything like that in a really, really long time, but I'm aware this might just, you know, dig stuff up. And I was, I think because I was prepared for it, um, it actually ended up being nowhere near as bad as, as I thought. And um, I was actually able to, to go through the writing process um, and still be able to, to hold a, a very, very positive space and, you know, be, be able to stay in that positive you know, frame of mind that I've been in for, you know, quite a while now. Um, when, without, you know, then the darkness kind of taking over again. Um, so anyone who's not, um, you know, familiar with, with my book from Broken to Brave, um, it deals with my experiences with domestic violence, drug addiction, suicide, you know, literally then the whole nine yards. Um, and yeah, it, it does, it did get quite it did get quite dark in, in the middle there, but um, I very intentionally didn't want to write it as a woe is me kind of story. So I had structured it in such a way that every chapter which dealt with a particular memory was tailed with, here's what I learned. Mm. So even though I was dealing with, you know, some fairly dark and depressing subjects, I was approaching it from a very positive point of view. And I think that's really, really important and something that I mentioned to a lot of my authors who are considering writing this type of work is to say, look, try and look at then the positive. You know, and everybody can learn something in hindsight. Hmm. The fact that you survived it, whatever it was, is a positive in and of itself. Um, so I think keeping that positive mind frame made, made me be able to, to write it without falling back into, um, you know, then the, the depression and issues that I had at the time of dealing with those things. You know, thank you for sharing. I think it's, again, really interesting to hear you talk through that process and also the importance of considering, I guess, the different uh the different approaches that come with this version of kind of storytelling or sharing mm -hmm. um, of the importance for the person sharing that experience, whether it's yourself or some of the other authors you've supported. Um, but then also, how does a reader receive this information? Like, great mm -hmm. that they're becoming more aware and they've heard your story or your lived experience and they maybe know a little bit more about what that was like or they feel a kinship to your experience. But also, like you say, keeping the positive aspect to, especially there are people that have had multiple experiences or um, illnesses that have affected them. Yep. And to read through that, I think, can become very heavy, I think, mm. for someone to take on board. And you also consider the potential audience for material like the material we engage in we engage in it because we have a form of lived experience either current or previous and we are maybe we maybe react or receive that information or that those stories in very different ways and I think being considerate of of how that is received not just as an experience in terms of I want you to have a good experience reading this book or receiving this story but also 
kind of the well-being of of that audience of that community that you're in as well yeah and I would definitely agree I mean and I intentionally avoided going into any you know sort of really graphic gory details in, in my book for that very reason um a I didn't feel that I really needed to to go into that level of detail but I was also aware being a domestic abuse survivor that any any sort of exposure to that sort of thing can be a trigger so I, I intentionally kept it out of my book and for a lot of um, or for some of the, the authors that I've worked with who are writing on similar sort of subjects if going into the detail is necessary for the author um, then it's definitely worth you know kind of forewarning the reader right from the very beginning there have been a couple of books that I've worked on where um, between the author and I, we've made the decision to include trigger warnings at, mm. at the very beginning to say, look, this book discusses in depth these particular situations. You know, just be aware that, you know, if if you are triggered by, you know, descriptions of, you know, violence or drug use or, you know, things like that or depression, suicide and any of those top, um, subjects that you know they know what they're getting themselves mm. into right from the beginning but what i found is with an a lot of the readers who actively made contact with me uh, after publishing the book that all of them had a very very similar experience to it that they said yeah and it was it was traumatic reading your story but knowing that you were able to learn from it and develop from it and you know good mm. decade later um I'm now you know a, a very successful entrepreneur I'm you know married I have a, a stable family and you know all the things that I never thought I could possibly have in the middle of those circumstances acted as an inspiration for them so even though it was painful to read it was still that light at the end of the tunnel especially for people who are still too close to their own situations. They might even still be in the middle of an, a situation like that or in the middle of their recovery. Um, just knowing that somebody else has experienced something similar and it hasn't impacted on their future in a, you know, a negative way, because you know a, a lot of people think, oh, how am I ever going to live through this? Mm -hmm. How am I ever going to be a, a normal, rational, human being how am I ever going to have a you know intimate relationship when with somebody you know experiencing then having experienced those things um that sometimes it's just reassuring to know that you know other people have done it they mm. have survived it and um I think if you approach it in the right way it really can make you a stronger person and that's that was kind of then the purpose for me writing the book yeah i think it's it's that value isn't it of seeing or hearing from people at different stages in that journey as well like you say often i think we talk about the value of that kind of peer support and being around people that are at a similar mm -hmm. stage to us and you again have that kinship or that understanding for I'm kind of in hopefully I'm in this recovery journey and I may be at the beginning of it and I'm still struggling but I'm starting and being alongside people that are in a similar position yeah. I think can be really valuable and we I think we 
do a reasonable job of talking about that often because that's kind of what we see in some sort of services or community support is usually around like this peer support but having people like you say that are at different stages of that journey and that have had more time to <laughs> to process to um recover if that's how they would describe it and i think that gives value and gives incentive or um i guess like belief mm. this is possible like this yeah. is a journey i can go on and it is a journey and it is a footpath that other people have trodden before me and not like this abstract person that doesn't have anything that relates to me but mm -hmm. someone that has experienced similar things to what i've yeah. experienced um i think is really really valuable and that's again the value of having people share those lived experiences because the more people um you have do that and like you're saying supporting other people to share their stories as well means that there are more variations of those stories or more completely different experiences um my lived experiences with depression but depression is like so widely spoken about now i think maybe it's still not supported very well but it is widely spoken about and there are so many yeah. other illnesses conditions or experiences that people have that aren't talked about or supported in the same way that maybe that illness is slightly more complex or it's just one that socially we've decided for some reason that's not a thing that we talk about yet yeah um and you need to have those people that are willing that are in a, a safer place a place of confidence to share those experiences mm -hmm. um and i think that was one of the things that really struck me in hearing kind of the work that you do to support other people to have their voices and their stories shared as well must have been I don't know did it feel like a big moment or a big shift from kind of sharing your own experience to then doing this for other people supporting other people as well it was actually the other way around so and i've been working as an, a publisher for um seven eight years now so you know I've, I've been involved in a lot of book projects um and you know quite a few of them before i wrote my own story was um, uh, you know, centered around personal experiences and, um, uh, you know, biographies, cathartic, you know, writing for um, uh, mental health and as a recovery system. There's been, you know, quite a few books in, in my catalog that touch on things like that. So it was actually more of a difference for me to decide that I wanted to write my story. Um, and, you know, one, one of the things that was um a big hurdle for me to get over to begin with was the idea that as part of my i, I guess defense mechanism when, when i first moved from, from canada to the uk i i pretty much built a, a wall around my past life and um created you know white lies as to you know why I had moved to the, the UK and, you know, what my, my life in Canada had been like and all of those things. And I had a very, very real concern that, okay, if I tell this story, I'm basically going to be admitting to people that I've been lying to them for mm -hmm. years. And in, it was that thing of how are people going to react? How are people going to, especially as a business owner, um uh who you know deals with 
people's stories on a regular basis, there was that concern of, okay, well, are people going to still want to work with me if they know that I've had drug issues in the past? Are they going to work with me if, are they going to trust me if they know that I've dealt with, you know, depression and suicide? Are they going to, are they just going to pity me Mm. if they find that I'm, a domestic abuse survivor are they going to be angry with me when they find out that I've been lying to them about the reasons why I left Canada to, to come to the UK and there was all of this you know you know concern wrapped up in the idea of do I want to write this or not and um, a very very good friend of mine basically said look test it in a you know very very small controlled environment test the theory um at the time i was doing a lot of face-to-face networking and uh there was a small networking group that i was going to on pretty much a weekly basis so everyone in the room knew me it was a small room so you know there's only about and at most that meeting maybe had maybe 12 15 people in a week in it so Mm -hmm. you know it it felt it felt safe so when i decided to basically do a quick 15 minute this is my story um and basically I'd, I picked you know three key points that I had planned on putting into the book did an, a quick talk about it um and tested to see what the reaction would be and then I was absolutely gobsmacked um and, Surprisingly enough, I actually managed to do the talk without bursting into tears. I, to this day, still don't know how I managed it. Um, But at the end, um, everybody just sat in stunned silence and then suddenly started clapping. And it was like, okay, this is not the reaction that I expected. Um, And, you know, and after the meeting finished, quite a number of people came up to me and said, that was really brave hence the story the title of the book um and one person actually came up and said thank you so much for sharing that one of your experiences so closely mimics where I am right now that I now feel I'm not alone please Mm. write this book even if it's just for me Mm. and that was it it's like right okay decision made I'm no longer writing this book for myself I'm writing it for the other people that I can help. And that was the turning point for me to get past my fear of telling my own story to actually actively wanting to do it. It became it became an absolute passion project. I think I went from blank page to the book being on sale in 18 months. Wow. It, it, it was, it's just like the time was just perfect. Mm. You know, in, it was ready to be told and it just flowed it just came and then I didn't really need to, to think about it and um best decision I've ever made wow so in again it's just really interesting hearing that again that part of the journey and that experience and I think the when you were talking about the apprehension of talking in front of um from my point of view what sounds like a very supportive closed safe environment yeah. um and still like that apprehension of 
how are people going to react? It's so natural, isn't it, within us to doubt um, the support or even the belief that people will have in in what we're going to say when we're sharing something that is real. Mm. That that worry that that you described just everyone experiences it differently but just instantly I can I can imagine there are times when I've had not the same but similarities with that experience and you have that concern of this just isn't going to be taken as I hope and then to have that response Mm. the yeah I wonder did it it's almost like the the good bit of going oh like everyone's kind of supportive and like you say the positive um feedback that you get and yeah put this into a book and it, but almost your first response is just like confusion mm. of this is yeah. what how have you heard something else like how how is <laughs> yeah, how is this a response yeah, yeah how is this yeah. a response to what it, i was expecting it was very much like that especially considering Yes, this was a small group of people. Yes, there was, these were people that I had, you know, met and been networking with in a professional capacity for um, probably a good year in, in some cases. But then the trepidation for me was that every single person in that room I had told that lie to mm. of I moved to the UK. You know, as soon as people hear my accent, it's the first question I ask. Oh, why did you move to the UK? My answer always was because it benefited my career. I'm a graphic designer. I can earn more as, as a designer in the UK than I could in Canada. That was never part of the decision for me to move from Canada to the UK. I did it simply to escape that abusive relationship before it killed me. Hmm. You know, there was no other um, consideration in making that decision. And I, I basically upped and moved within a span of five days. Um, and it, you know, it was a horrendously traumatic experience um, because I had basically, you know, w- without, you know, going into the, the whole story, um, I basically discovered that the person who I had been living with for three years, who was my abuser, I had no idea who he was. False name, false identity, you know, um, rap sheet a mile long with the police whole nine yards and literally my felt my world just fell apart mm. and it it was that um I didn't want to go into all of that I didn't, I didn't want to I didn't want to have that coloring anyone's opinions of me or decisions as to how they worked with me or even if they wanted to work with me so as soon as I'm you know moved to the UK got myself mentally and emotionally put back together enough that I could re-enter society which you know took a while it was about a about nine ten months before I mm. even left the house um but when I decided that okay I've got to go back to work and especially when I decided to start my own business there was very much this decision of no I'm just going to build a complete wall around that entire part of my life because I don't want it to influence my life now mm. and my um my chances and you know hopes of being successful but what it actually that experience of telling that story in that room made me realize that part of what makes us trust other people 
is knowing the, the dark and dirty stuff and, you know, being given the, the option to make the decision for ourselves of, mm. okay, you shared something with me. I trust you more because you've not, you know, because you've shared who you really are. You've not put up this, um, you know, facade of, you know, whatever you want the public to, to view of you. Mm. And it was a really interesting, it ended up being a really interesting catalyst in my business overall, because up until that point, I had done exactly that. I had put together this, um, you know, persona of who Sam Pierce publisher was, you know, who Sam Pierce, the business owner was. Mm. And it very much really didn't have anything to do with who I was personally. But when I made that transition and allowed myself to be human in my business, everything changed. And I, my business actually became far more successful because I was human and I shared that vulnerability. And I think that's a really important thing for, for people to appreciate that, especially when they're in the middle of needing help for, mm. from other people that being vulnerable is not the same as being weak in fact i think it actually takes more strength to be vulnerable and ask for help than it does to bottle everything up and just deal with it yourself because let's face it that never goes well yeah you're just pushing it further down the road aren't you yeah that same question it's 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 tricky like you say it's being in that place where you can build up that confidence or that willingness to take a risk in yourself of mm. I'm going to do this um and I think it's definitely something I can't quite describe but I really agree like when you hear someone share that experience of something that I mean 99% of the time is usually a negative experience that we've had that has yeah. caused that trouble or distress or trauma you build that rapport with someone you have an affinity because maybe a, like a small percentage of it overlaps with something you've experienced or you know about or you know someone that has had a similar experience or you just have compassion for that person that you you know a little bit and I think it is really interesting to hear you talk about particularly that that process of almost having a group of people like yes it's a safe closed environment but you've you've built up to it by getting to a stage where you're comfortable to then do if you want to call that a reveal I don't know um it's like <laughs> yeah, <sounds> yeah. <laughs> um like the, the different journeys that can happen there whether it's establishing yourself first and then having to like you say feel like okay, I'm going against what I've already told you and now I'm showing you myself or kind of doing that at the beginning. I, I don't know hardly anyone that's ever talked about it at the beginning because we're just not in the right place for that. And you also don't know that you're with the right people to do that. And I think that's why the kind of the journey or the process that you talk, you've shared, I think is so relatable because I think a lot of people will do that first bit if we will tell 
a version of our life that we're willing to share. It will have enough truths to be a truth without being the truth, if that makes yeah. sense. Um, but it does make it hard because at some stage to build that stronger rapport, whether it's professional or personal, you kind of have to open up and to share that extra level of detail whether it leads into a like a more fulfilling relationship or not is almost like a secondary thing I think it's for you as a person to go okay I'm now at a place where I feel willing to acknowledge this to other people and to an extent even more so myself now because I'm sharing it kind of publicly it's it's a really really hard journey um and I think it's a thing that many people will still be in that bit in between of I want to do this, but I'm not quite sure how to or who or where the right space is to do that. Yeah. And I think hearing you talk about the time it took you as well to find that place, that confidence to do that, I think is really, really valuable. Um, knowing the journey that you've been on since as well, that you're doing that more widely now and more mm. publicly and also supporting other people to, to as well. Um, you've also talked a little bit about kind of that journey through supporting people and your work within kind of publishing and within books and um obviously we mentioned before we started recording the lovely aesthetic that no one can see behind you um <laughs> but how does kind of that version of presenting things as well um feed into kind of how you feel like you can tell a story or tell that experience of making sure things are presented in a certain way that it's accessible to people or it's attractive to kind of draw them in is that part of kind of the work that you do in supporting other people to consider maybe like the visual aspect of yeah. of how they're sharing their story yeah I mean when 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 an author approaches me um with an a book project especially when if it's something that's very very personal in uh, the very first thing that you know and I'll do with them is discuss their why you know why are they writing it and also you know what their readers why why should their readers um you know be interested in their story and finding then the synergy between those two whys is very very important for any book project um i mean the the aesthetic and making um their story look and read and feel professional is is part and parcel of you know, what, what I and, you know, many other publishers do and is, I think, very, very important to the author, especially if they're using the process of writing a book as a, um, uh, a therapy, as a, you know, healing process, as a, you know, a, a cathartic experience. Um, I think just adds to then the, the whole experience that they will get because mm. at the end when they especially when they hold their book in their hand for the first time it then becomes real not just for them but it's real for other people as well mm. and then this I think is a really important really important distinction to make both as authors and readers that whatever story you have in your head whatever experience you have lived is in your head and it's real for you mm. as soon as you write it down or express it in some way whether that's you know writing acting painting 
whatever your medium is, as soon as you transfer it out of your head into something solid, that story then is no longer just real for you. It's also now real for everybody else who experiences it. And yes, they're going to take their own interpretation of it, especially if it's things like art and music and, and things like that, where interpretation is really varied. Mm. But in, even, you know, into, you know, um, books and actual biographies of this is what happened to me word for word, there is still that interpretation level with the other reader. But regardless of the interpretation, it's then real for you to share in a very tangible way with other people as opposed mm. to just sharing that experience verbally, which once told is then told. And it, it you know, yes, it may live on in the memory of the person you shared it with, but it's still you know, just very, very um, isolated. Whereas, you know, sharing your, your story and your experience in any form of physical way makes things, makes stories last. Mm. You know, my, my book is going to outlive me. It's going to outlive my experience. But what I've written and hopefully what I've shared is going to continue to help and influence people long after I'm dead. And, you know, that for me is what's, it's why I got into books in the first place. It's why I became involved in publishing is that it's, it's a version of immortality. Mm. And I can influence people that I will never meet that may, you know, haven't even been born yet. They may not be born until after I've passed away. And that I think is, I think that's the ultimate expression of being able to have control and ownership over your story and your experience mm. that it outlives you. And that, that's gotten very deep from philosophical yeah. very quickly. <laughs> I'm desperately trying to not say that's interesting again, but that's really interesting. <laughs> it's that mindset of mm. the the more permanence or of kind of that physical version of your story yeah. is yeah, it's really interesting. And also the way you described, I think, how we feel mentally about that as well, of just the this is more of a especially I guess through literature maybe more so than like you say through the other arts that this is a slightly more fixed version of a, a story or a narrative or an experience there is obviously the interpretation of a reader but it is slightly more fixed and like you say through through music or imagery or maybe something else and having that opportunity to share your experience quite directly as well the the words you are choosing are the words they are going to see or to hear if it's read to them mm -hmm. um that is the way that the story is going to be received like yes they can interpret it different ways but they're going to hear it as you've told it yeah. um and very rarely do we have that opportunity like you say you mentioned before that group of people and talking in front of those 10 to 15 people um like 
some of us talk in front of small groups of people but they're small groups of people that are very controlled situations they yeah. go away and then they talk about your talk but they mm -hmm. don't physically show it if someone reads your book and then says to somebody else i've read this book and actually there's some really valuable stuff in here it was really emotional to read this particular part and they pass it on they're passing on the exact same version as the version that you've kind of had as well so yeah really interesting way to to think on that I feel like that's going to spin through my head for the next day or two now <laughs> um yeah. one of the things we've talked about a few times is obviously you have kind of shared your own experience but a lot of work supporting other people to do that mm -hmm. if someone had an idea or an experience that they maybe wanted to share or look into that are there certain kind of processes or places you'd recommend that they think about before they kind of embark on that journey of sharing their experience and i think then i think the most important place to start is that question of why you know why why do you want to share your story and why do you want your readers to read it when it, once you know that then everything kind of spirals off from, from that you know, knowing why you want to share it then helps you decide exactly what you're going to share and how you're going to, to say it um, and, you know, what the best medium is, whether it's, you know, a biography or a fiction or poetry um, or even, you know, any of the other, you know, non-written arts, you know, um, painting, music, drama, whatever knowing starting with why and it yeah you know, it's one of the reasons why i absolutely love simon sinek is that his whole philosophy is starting with why mm. you know why we do anything for any reason ends up being the driving and motivating factor that will help you get to the end and especially with projects like writing a book doubly so with writing a book about a very very personal and potentially, um, you know, dark, traumatic, you know, anything, anything like that um, is going to be a hard process. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of feel that I got off lightly, you know, right, writing then this book because it, it was just the right thing at the right time said in the right way. And I, I just, you know, and I hate to admit it, but I kind of sailed through it. Um, I know a lot of authors, you know, don't have a similar experience, but knowing why you're writing it and why you want your readers to experience it, hmm. um, that's going to be the main thing that's going to get you through the dark times. It's going to get you through, do I really want to share this? It's going to get you through, how do I even express this? Do I even want to express this? Mm. All of it comes back to, to why you want to, to do it. And if your why is strong enough, you, you'll get through any obstacle to get the project done because the driving motivation factor will be beyond just you. I think you maybe undersell yourself a little bit with the I breezed through it. I think probably your experience within publishing and supporting other yeah. people probably meant you without thinking about it were a bit more aware of the best ways to progress and process yeah. the things you were doing um yeah. yes maybe it was the right time and maybe you know the weather was great and it worked for you but I think also there's probably a lot of background knowledge and experience that kind of supported yeah, it, you there 
There, there probably is. It, it wasn't the first book that, that I wrote, so I did publish a, a business book previously. And I, I read a lot of biography naturally anyway. Um, you know, just part of my you know personal development. I like to read you know stories of successful people and and how how they got there and the fact that a lot of the times these really successful people that we you know idolize and put on pedestals as being um, what we aspire to, a lot of the times they had you know really difficult um, you know starts in life. Everything you know didn't go as smoothly as as it you know appears on the outside. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I did read an, a lot of books like that and knew what it is that I like and and what I don't. Um, and yeah, then that's I, I do think that that all um, you know has an a an impact on my ability to be able to write. Um, but writing is something that I've done, you know, for a long time anyway. Um, mm. But, you know, for, for people who are not writers, they don't read a lot then themselves. I certainly wouldn't say that that's any barrier as to not embarking on an, a publishing journey. Um, I have, you know, several authors that I've worked with that you know, they they just don't read at, it at all. I've got some authors that are um, very severely dyslexic. I've got authors that are, um, you know, quite considerably on the autism spectrum. None of that has any impact. There are technologies and um, processes within the publishing industry that allows for all of that stuff if you don't write naturally but you're good at you know you talk a lot fine dictate your book mm. just let your editor know that that's what you've done <laughs> yeah um and you know if if spelling and grammar you know you're just absolutely rubbish at it so what that's the reason why we have editors mm. so you know in if you're you know if, if anyone is sitting listening to this thinking Oh, that's great for her. She's, you know, been writing all of her life. She's in the publishing industry. She knows this, that, and the other. And, you know, she's well read and all of that. It doesn't make any difference. You don't have to have the benefit of those things to be able to write a good book. Tell your story from the heart and want knowing why you want to share it mm. and how you want to help your readers by sharing it. That's all you need. That's amazing. Thank you so much, Sam, for for sharing some of your own lived experience, but also some of your expertise around publishing and, and some of your experience recently there as well. You mentioned um, Broken to Brave as well. Uh, we kind mm. of talked around it a little bit. Yeah. Um, if people wanted to find out a bit more about yourself, Broken to Brave or some of the other work you do, where are the best places for them to go to to kind of find out about that? Okay, so if they want to know about Broken to Brave, um, there is brokentobrave.co.uk, the website. They can look up the book on Amazon or um, any uh, reputable book retailer. Um, if they want to know, you know more about publishing and writing, um, then uh, they can get in contact with me at Swap Books, um, which is S-W-A-T-T Books. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to chat with anybody who has an idea for a story um or an, a book they you know even if it's just an inkling of an idea and they're like where do i go i'm more than happy to to just have a, a coffee with somebody and say look 
and his, you know, pick my brain, figure out, you know, ask whatever, any question you want. Um, mine, my purpose in life now is to help as many people tell their story as I can. Whether they work directly with me or not is completely irrelevant. So, you know, if anyone wants to tell their story and they want to, to tell it in a book, I'm happy to have a chat. Amazing. Thank you so much, Sam, for, for sharing and giving up your time to, to chat with us today. Not a problem, Mike. It's been my pleasure. These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that this, they just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.